with Julian on the round notes. And was the Ukraine war about grain all along? Or more specifically, were the impacts of climate change responsible in some way for what's going on with the world order at the moment and has led to this current situation in Ukraine? And in broadly in two ways. I mean, Ukraine is, is the eighth biggest producer of grain in the world, and we're hearing about the impacts of the lack of supply chain of grain and so on. But also the militarization. You would think after the Gulf Wars and the trouble in the Middle East, it seemed like America had gone off the boil from involving itself in major international conflicts. And the last few years, with the astonishing build-up of military hardware in Ukraine, elongating this war has been shocking. But is there something more at play here? We're seeing so many record-breaking, terrifying news lately related to climate change in, in Europe. I'm wearing shorts. It's the middle of winter in Sydney, this is as hot as I want summer to be, and it's in the middle of winter. And we're talking about the Gulf Stream potentially collapsing somewhere between 2025 and 2029, but likely by 2050, which would have a dramatic impact on global food production and temperatures and everything else. And I've been saying on this show, you can see my pieces, uh, climate change, we're all going to die. I've done three of them over the last probably three years on on the YouTube channel about how much worse climate change is because of the right-wing news media. Where are they now? We should be um, arresting people like John Howard and Tony Abbott and Andrew Bolt and the Murdoch Press for deliberate disinformation on climate change that stopped action on climate change. But one thing it also did, it forced the science on climate change to err towards the lowest end of their models because they didn't want to be seen as alarmist. But their governments aren't that stupid. They know what's coming. And are they planning a lot behind the scenes? And the reason I'm mentioning so much in connection with Ukraine is the militarization of NATO and Europe would seem to be at odds with everything that the world needs at the moment. But is it pointing to a future that is dominated by two superpowers, the BRIC nations and the allies, the Europe, Australia, America, North America, USA specifically. And will everyone else go to hell in a handbasket? Because there is a likelihood that the coming wars will be in relation to both climate change and food production, which are going to go hand in hand. So the BRIC nations are formerly uh, Brazil, um, Russia, India and China, which gives them massive skin in the game. America's GDP is something like $26 trillion a year. The BRIC nations on a nominal GDP basis is $27 trillion a year. But on a purchasing power basis, they're about $50 trillion a year. The largest economic bloc in the world already. Um, so Europe is about the same probably as their nominal figure, but lower, just a bit lower. America's probably about the same, but a tiny bit lower. And China, obviously, has probably got a GDP uh, on a purchasing power basis of about $30 trillion already ahead of America and probably slightly behind America on the nominal figure, on the actual figure. 
But the BRIC nations are evolving and changing and adding nations. They have been very heavily involved in Africa. Um, I covered the uh, summit in, in Russia, in Moscow, held by Putin back in March, and the notion that the whole world thinks that the West thinks the whole world is them. But there are 22 African nations there seeking to strengthen ties with Russia. The countries like Saudi Arabia and Mexico are being proposed as future members of the BRIC nations. Now, I don't necessarily think that the West, the bloc of the West and the BRIC nations will fight off militarily against each other. I feel like it's more a case of getting your house in order and everyone else will suffer. So as far as food production goes, I think the USA is one of the biggest producers in the world. The other of the, the four biggest food producers in the world are the USA, China, Brazil, and India. China, Brazil, and India are BRIC nations. You've already got a three to one disparity. The biggest wheat producers in the world is China, India, and Russia. All three are BRIC nations. Ukraine is eighth. And that's not a small thing because the USA produces 50 million, I think million, tons of wheat a year. Ukraine produces 25 million tons of year, a year. Half of America's amount isn't a small thing when America has 340 million people. So the amount of food production happening in BRIC nations and their GDP is looking fairly ominous for the West. Ukraine also is the number one producer of uh, sunflower oil and uh, seed. So Ukraine is incredibly arable. It's got incredibly fertile land and it's got 56% uh, of Ukraine is um, arable. So it's a very attractive farmland. Now, prior to the 2013 revolution overthrew the democratically elected government of Ukraine, beginning the process that we're in now, they were a relatively friendly country to everyone, but owned the production of their own farmland. The suspicion was that, um, so basically in 2013, you, the Ukrainian revolution started because the West offered Ukraine $10 billion or something in loans. For that, they wanted increased access to Ukrainian farmland, they wanted Ukrainians to double their energy fuel costs, and they wanted a freeze on Ukrainian pensions. They wanted to have neoliberal economic control over a lot of sovereign Ukraine instruments, including arable farmland where people like Monsanto could come in from America, and were being blocked. And the Ukrainian government that was thrown out by the revolution said, no, we don't want the stipulations. We're going to take a $15 billion loan from Russia. And that has no stipulations at all based on what you're asking us to do. So there was then a very heavily Western-backed coup. And it related to this loan, which we don't talk about at all. And I, I saw this interesting article from February this year um, called War and Theft uh, from the Oakland Institute. War and Theft, the takeover of Ukraine's agricultural land, published in America. Um, amidst chaos of war, a new report exposes the stealth takeover of Ukrainian agricultural land. 
One year into a war, a new report reveals how oligarchs and financial interests are expanding control over Ukraine's agricultural land with help and financing from Western financial institutions. Aid provided to Ukraine in recent years has been tied to a drastic structural adjustment program requiring the creation of a land market through a law that leads to greater concentration of land in the hands of powerful interests. If you think America is sending $30 billion of arms to Ukraine every month without that being paid back like this, you don't understand how the world works. And it's also America transferring $30 billion a month from the American taxpayer to the American private arms industry as well. Ukraine's crippling debt is being leveraged by financial institutions to drive post-war reconstruction towards further privatization and liberalization, including in the sector of agriculture. Ukrainian civil society academics and farmers are demanding the suspension of the land law and of all land transactions and calling for an agricultural model no longer dominated by oligarchy and corruption. Have a read of that. It's a very interesting article. We have praised Zelensky so much. How much is he selling out the future of his country in when it comes to ownership of financial policy and farmland? I would say pretty high uh, that that's going to happen. So there's there could be some inference here that the the war in ukraine has actually been heavily involved in the climate change chaos and the future of food production and that is going to be the coming armageddon in fact it's very similar to what we went through in many ways with um, the saudis in the 1940s and the fact that you know there was from then on the geopolitical landscape was so heavily dominated by the oil producing nations of the middle east the involvement of countries like Russia being aligned with Iran or Syria and Saudi being aligned with America and the new dawn and new world order being based more around the agricultural land and less around the oil producing nations as we try and back away from our use of oil. So that's going to be a very bleak future because climate change is going to be so much worse in impact than we are being told even now. And, all, and we're seeing it with our own eyes. And also the poorer nations that aren't, I said briefly, I don't think that the BRIC nations and the West intend to fight per se. I think it comes down to the fact that if you're not in one of those two groups, you are going to have a very bleak future. And I'm looking at Latin America and Africa and places that aren't in this mix the, the poorer countries of the world are really going to struggle because the Western nations and the BRIC nations aren't going to give up their food for them. It's a really bleak 20 years ahead for planet Earth.